What's up, what's up, what's up? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whatever time it is you're listening to the podcast, what's up? I appreciate you being here. Um, this is the first episode, man. Thank y'all. Thank y'all for, for even showing up, listening. Honestly, I, I'm excited, but I'm not excited. I'll tell you why. This, this podcast is supposed to be about the American hustle and the hope that keeps us going, keeps us driving. Uh, the reason why we keep going, even in the face of defeat, even in when it's really hard, man, how do we keep pushing on? And some examples of that through, you know, my friends, through interviews, through articles that I've read, through a bunch of different outlets to just show people who are really making it work just by keeping the faith and keeping the hope going. And... The example of a real American hustle, like people who are really out here in this country trying to get it and doing it the right way. But no pun intended, there is a thing that trumps all of that. And what I mean is today is January the 10th, a few days after some very quote unquote patriotic people decided to storm the Capitol building in dc now i mean listen man there's so much around all this there's so much that surrounds all this but the the reality is as we speak about american hustle and being out here trying to get it the right way it's really hard to not acknowledge what just happened and the privilege that comes along with it it's kind of ridiculous, man. And if y'all don't know, I mean, you see the picture. I'm a, I'm a black man. Uh, I've been living in this country for over 40 years, slightly over 40. I'm aging myself. Either way, it doesn't matter. And I grew up in Mississippi, deep south. Um, so I saw racism, but it was kind of one of those things where you knew it existed, but you didn't let it affect your lifestyle. And what I mean by that is we function within our own little parameters and we were cool that way. We didn't really have to ask or want for anything based off of permission from someone else, at least from a kid's standpoint. I felt like we had it all, even even though we may not have. But what I'm saying is looking at the way this country is right now and looking at how my father worked and hustled really showed me how to do it because this man had a job worked at this place forever sold furniture uh, for this rich family i say this rich family the company i won't name them but they own a lot of shit and they had this furniture store my dad started as a delivery guy there and you know he's a salesman now or manager whatever he is i don't know what he is but it was 30 some odd years ago he's been working for this company for all these years as long as i've known this dude always worked for this place but in any event, uh, I just knew our life to be pretty decent. No, no real issues. But, you know, I grew up in the South. I knew what racism was. I knew what what what, you know, I, I got called names coming home from school on the bus every day. But it was just like, why they hate me? And these are kids calling me these names. Like, why they hate me? But why they calling me that? And I never really even asked my parents. I just thought, why they calling me that? But it is what it is. So anyway, 
going back to the topic of this storming the nation's capital and privilege and hope and the American hustle. And I watched my dad hustle and I say he had this job, but he always was doing something on the side. My uncle had a job, but he had a body shop in his backyard. So always doing something on the side. Um, he taught his sons to do these same things. Um, his one son to do the same thing is like, yo, you can do this, but have you something on the side. Every uncle I knew always had a side hustle. And I was wondering why these dudes were doing so much extra when they had jobs. But it just seemed normal. You don't just have one. You have some other stuff going on, too. So I'm watching these dudes provide for their family. And you don't seem or feel impoverished when you're a kid. You just don't know. And parents usually do a pretty good job of doing that. But when you look back on it, you're like, whoa, they're working this hard because they had to. They just trying to make ends meet because the regular job wasn't doing it for them. And then I look at the privilege. I look at the privilege and what I mean when I say privilege, I mean white privilege. It's a term. It's a it's a buzzy word, but we've used it in black culture, understanding that this is something that we are not privy to. We don't know what this is. And a lot of my white friends that I talk to, some of them understand, some of them don't understand. They're like, what is white privilege? I'm like, dude, you, I mean, really? All right, let me break it down for you. And then you break it down and it's still kind of like, ah, yeah, but that's just life. For you, it's just life. For us, maybe not so. You know what I'm saying? So, <sighs> case in point, I watch a bunch of people storm the Capitol because they didn't like the decision of a vote of the people that are in the country that they're in. Partly, probably to blame because of the, the person that they're supporting in the first place. Because I always think, like, if, if, if this guy, if this president would have just shut his mouth, would the case be the same? Would Georgia have turned out the same if this dude would have just shut his mouth? Or would it still be a red state? With the blue zones in Texas continue to be blue or would they turn red if this dude just shut his mouth you got a lot of people supporting this one guy to the point that where they're really ready to storm the nation's capital without consequence you can't you can't do that and assess the consequence and still proceed i think it's impossible i, I think it's impossible to look at something Assess the, the consequence and say, all right, I'm still going to do it unless the word privilege is instilled into that process. The mathematics of it all doesn't make sense unless white privilege comes into play. Because everybody said it. If those were a bunch of black people storming the nation's capital, then my goodness, fish in a barrel. What? You're climbing up the wall? That's just what I believe. I can't believe that we would have made it to Nancy Pelosi's desk, the Speaker of the House's chair, if it were black people. And if it were black people, we would be deemed, look at those thugs. Look at those anarchists. Look at those terrorists. Look at those unlawful people. Arrest them. Shoot them. Put them under the jail. I just know this would have been the commentary and I appreciate the people who have deemed it as terrorism. I appreciate the people who have deemed it as, hey, what if this was all black people or black and brown people charging the nation's capital? 
because they don't like the decision of an election? Come on, man. Let's be honest. How many times do we have a populace that doesn't like the decision of an election? Hey, ooh, 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 me. I got the answer. Every single year. Every single year. There's an opposing side, which in itself is just a weird comment to make, an opposing side. This nation is divided into these weird dynamics of political parties, and that's what separates us right now. So we're divided into Democrat, Republican, conservative, liberal. You're either one or the other. And it's like, what? What do you mean? Can't we just have shit be cool? Why do I have to be one or the other? You're not going to make me pick. I remember when I moved to Alabama, it was like, all right, you Alabama or Auburn? You got to pick one. Can't live here and not pick. I'm like, yes, I can. <laughs> sure, I can. Watch me. I don't like either of you, which is similar how it is with, the, with politics right now. You have to pick and choose. And how are our representatives supposed to work for us in the better just just the better nature of our country if we're divided in party the political system is stupid it makes no sense of course you're going to have half of the people disappointed half the time half of the people going to be disappointed all the time because that's the way we're set up so you have this group who decides this is fraud stop the steal this can't be true nope Mail-in ballots. What do you mean? These are these are fraudulent. How are you gonna have fraud? First of all, let's address the pandemic. So, Trump supporters, you're proposing that. <laughs> this is so ironic. I'm actually just thinking about this right now. It's so ironic that the guy who said, "Oh, this will be over in April. We're not wearing masks," and the people who support the idea of this will be over in May- April. We're not wearing masks. The people who are in Walmart acting crazy because they don't want to put a mask on are the same people who are storming the Capitol because they don't like the outcome of an election because of fraudulent mail-in ballots. When, like I said, if you could do the math, the people who do believe that this pandemic is a real thing aren't going to expose themselves to these massive groups And they are going to wear masks when they go out. And when given an alternative to avoid both of those things, hey, stay at home and still do your service, still do your right as an American to vote by mailing your ballots in and be counted. So guess what? The people who weren't weren't prompted by the the non-maskers, the people who weren't prompted by the uh, pandemic as a hoax. The people who say, you know what? I'm going to stay my ass in the house just to be on the safe side. Just to be on the safe side. What? Oh, what? I can mail in my vote? Oh, hell yes. Let me do that. Here's my check mark, sign, seal, deliver. Cool. I feel patriotic. I feel like an American. I got my chance to vote. Thank you. Thank you, ancestors. Thank you, everybody, for fighting so hard because I still get to get my vote counted. And I don't have to go out in a toxic world 
to cast it. So when these things come in, the main person who says, don't wear your mask, pandemic is a hoax, it'll be over in April, is upset because they're being counted. I got news for you. If those mail-in ballots were, were going in the favor of this person, what do you think would happen? Keep counting. Keep counting. Hell yeah, let's do it. Mail-in ballots, they're, they're legitimate. That's awesome. Let, let, let's do it. But the fact of the matter is Donald Trump understood what was going to happen if people were able to mail in their ballots. He knew his people were going to get out and go to the election. Of course. Let's high five. Hell yeah, buddy. Trump 2020. Come on, man. It's, it's, it's relatively simple. I mean, I don't know why it's so hard to figure out. But we watch these people storm the Capitol, knowing there's no consequence. Still no consequence. They're like, oh, yeah, 50 people were arrested. Oh, 84 people were arrested. Really, bro? How many people were arrested in these in these uh, protests in all these cities that were with Black Lives Matter? And again, what's the reason why? This is the this is the absolute definition of white privilege is I don't like the way that is. So I'm going to kick up some dust. Just because I don't like the decision, just because I don't like that people got their way other than me. That is privilege because it's not used to going that way. You're not used to it being that way. You're not used to getting your way. So you temper tantrum like a two year old. I want to stick my finger in the socket. Ah, Why won't you let me? Why won't you let me? It's like, dude, I'm trying to protect you. Chill out. But this is what happened. Temper tantrum. Didn't like their way. Go storm the Capitol. Stop the steal. They didn't protest in the streets of D.C. They literally sieged the Capitol building where our laws are made. Where the people who we do elect and that are there to represent us and make laws that are hopefully better even though it hadn't proven to be so but to make laws they seize the building man and to do what to do what what was the ultimate goal i ask myself every day what was the ultimate goal for them once they got in if they were allowed to stay what were they going to do what was the point i was like how are we going to stop this 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 uh this electoral vote count can't do it if they don't count it in the Capitol building, it can't be done. Joe Biden, no. He didn't get elected. Stop the steal. We're going to personally stop the steal. Incited by the man who's losing the race. And to me, it just seems idiotic. But it also sheds a very, very bright light on the privilege that is in this country and the people who do not possess it. And the people that do. And it's upsetting. And you think about folks out here, like I said, trying to get it, really working hard, really hustling, trying to get it, trying to make ends meet in this country, because there is really a system designed for a certain majority to thrive and a certain minority to suffer. And it's hard to swallow. Like I said, I should be excited. I should be kicking off this series with a bunch of positive stories about people who are really fighting through adversity and making it work and showing an example of what they do and how they did it so that you can be inspired to do the same. 
But I can't let this go unsaid. I submit to you to go listen to Charlemagne the God, The Breakfast Club, his donkey of the day. I don't remember when it was, but he talks about these people, these rioters, and there's some, some colorful language in there, so be prepared for that. But it's eloquently put. Talks about the FBI wanting to get the community's help on identifying some of these people. So sure, fine. But go listen to that. Because he did a great job in describing everything that I'm talking about right now. And circling back to my father working this job, who he still works at, where he still works. And for 30 plus years and still having the gumption, the gall, the cojones to go out and do side hustles. You think he's because he wanted more money? You think it's because he's capitalist? You think it's because he wants to be the richest man in the world? Or is it just because he's trying to make ends meet? I don't know. I never really asked him. But if I had to deduce, he's just trying to make ends meet, man. Just trying to make ends meet. And the reason I know is because I've been in the same situation myself. I've had some really good jobs in my life. Paid well. But at the same time, I'm like, why is this so hard? To, why is it so hard to live? It shouldn't be this hard to live. Work is for real work. But outside of work, there's still more work. When do we get to live? And this is the epitome of a hustler. It's like you you have to, you gotta, you gotta work to eat, right? And if how you working is not helping you eat, then you gotta work harder. So there's examples of people who have made transcendent strides in their life based off of how they were brought up in their early childhood and their early adulthood and being where they are right now. There's examples of this that are inspiring that we're going to highlight throughout this series. We're going to talk about and we're going to use it for inspiration and we're going to talk about this hope that people can look in the face of adversity like this privilege that we're speaking about they can look at the, the the face of of the systematic things in this country that really are designed to keep us in our place and still persevere is it a small percentage of course it is of course it is if you've lived here long enough you know of course it's a small percentage but they persevere and they find ways to make to, to make value and find a way to live and people tend to think it's all about money, being able to get more money. But money is a tool. Money is a tool to achieve the life that you desire. But it does not necessarily bring you happiness. Gives you autonomy. Gives you a lot more cho choices. But making the right choices and, and, and using that autonomy wisely is a big part of it. So that's hopefully what we discover as a part of this. And these people who charge the nation's capital, the ones who are sitting at Pelosi's desk, interviewing after the fact, taking selfies, the folks that are being fired from their jobs or soon to be arrested or 
that we can clearly see their Facebook pages just as a normal, normal civilian. These people that made a point to disrupt the democracy or disrupt the grassroots efforts of all of these black and brown people to say enough is enough. We're going to change. We're going to change the dichotomy. We're going to change the way this has been going. When it happens, they're like, what? No, 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 no. We will not allow you to possess that kind of power. And if you think you're getting close to that kind of power, then watch us. Even turn on our own. Watch us. (laughs) It's crazy, man. It's crazy. So, again, I'm still excited about kicking off this. But, again, I, I would be remiss if I did not bring this up. And if I did not give you this example of adversity to push you past it and say, I hope for more. And people like to say hope is a bad word. Like hope is not something you should possess. Hope is, you know, as Sarah Palin said when Barack Obama was on this hopey changing. Nobody even goes back to those days when she was making fun of this person who was trying to provide hope to a nation. This is not a hopey changing. Come on, man. We didn't talk about racism then. We did, but from a standpoint of like they don't want the black man to make it. But the the, the words that are coming out of people's mouths, you got to break down that stuff. Words mean stuff. It's just like calling us thugs when we're protesting. We all know what thugs mean. We got to do better, man. We got to do better. By hook or crook. So, anyway, I'd like to sit here and denounce the folks that charge the Capitol. I would like to sit here and say that these people are terrorists and abrasively ignorant and I would like to submit to you like I said Charlemagne the God go look look it up Breakfast Club Donkey of the Day I think it was a couple of days ago I should have better information on this but just go look it up there's a lot of good stuff on there anyway but go look that up where he talks about these rioters these terrorists these uh, uh, like I said colorful language choice words um, colloquialisms however you say that uh, that he, he, he uses to, to refer to them, which I think is kind of brilliant, but anyway, go listen to that stuff. So you can really get a picture of of what this is really about, because we are gonna do what we need to do to survive just as they did. And I don't need people to be scared about making the moves necessary to do better for their family. Because that's what we're here for. And based off of that, rooted in all of that hope and hustle is a faith in God and understanding that God is behind you. As Dick Gregory once said, I'm not scared of them. I was created by the same thing that created the sun and the moon. I am powerful. Anyway, we're going to take a little break uh, when we come back. We'll, we'll make it a little bit lighter. We'll talk about some other things. We'll highlight some people like, I don't know, friends of mine who hustle. People you may know. Tyler Perry's of the world who, who made it out of poverty and made it out of situations that uh, um, 
really just proven to be awesome and 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 unapologetic about who they are at this point so i wish i can get tyler perry as a guest so we can talk about that let me not let you think that i got this dude coming up next but it's just an example of of uh some people we can look at and be inspired by um so anyway take a little break we'll be back in a minute and on a lighter note all right what's up what's up we are back we're back it's crazy outside right now man i'm in austin texas and there's probably like four inches of snow on the ground right now and i don't understand it and what the hell's what's happening out here this this doesn't happen here so it's kind of wild kind of wild uh but anyway welcome back Listen, man, I need y'all's help. I need y'all's help. I need y'all to go to Punching Out of Bags on Instagram, at Punching Out of Bags on Instagram. Follow. Once we start getting everything out there, I need you guys to like, comment, send me some topics that you guys want to talk about. Send me some people that you know are out here trying to get it, hustling, really trying to make it, whether they actually made it or whether they're having a tough time making it. Send it out there to me, man. We'll reach out. We'll try to find out uh, who they are how we can help and and um you know what we can do to make life a real life for people because that's what it's about here we're we're, we're trying to get people to live and understand that you ain't gotta ask for nothing you just go get it you just go take it and when i say take it i mean your position in life i don't mean like trump said you gotta fight what i say we're doing positivity we're not gonna go back to that but that's not what i mean i mean you don't have to ask man this like your life is your life. You do what you got to do within the parameters of the laws and and, and, and being civil to people. You, you do what you got to do. Just be a good person, man. This stuff comes back to you. It comes back in a good way when you're just a good person. And if you don't understand how to be a good person yet and people just piss you off, then ask somebody. Talk to somebody. Go to a therapist. Therapy has been looked at, especially by us, man. Low key. Like, I'm not doing that. And we throw the word crazy around so casually when it's really not about that, man. It's really not about that. People have traumatic experiences in their life. They need to get it off their chest. And if therapy is the best way to do it, then let them do it. Promote that. Let people go talk about it. And if they don't want to be therapy, uh, if they don't want to go to a therapist, then you be there for a listening ear. But do it without judgment. Because he without sin. Come on throw your stuff y- y- y'all know what it is so support people getting better fulfilling their lives fulfilling their calling fulfilling everything that they got to do in this world and promote them promote your people let them know that hey it's not that bad and when i say it's not that bad is an understanding that it can always be worse So, you guys don't know much about me. A little background story about me. I told you where I grew up, where I was from. Small town, Mississippi, the Delta. Literally on the sign when you come into my city, it says the cotton capital of the world. <laughs> and that could mean one of that. I mean, you know, there's a lot of places that are the capital of something or self-proclaimed capital of something. 
as far as like what they produce you know we're the happiness capital of the world we're the uh, 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 spice capital of the world uh, wine capital of the world we're the cotton capital of the world apparently of the world produce the most cotton you can't imagine how much cotton you got you got cotton on right now you got it from here it's basically what my city's saying <laughs> so you know that flag is planted as soon as you step foot into the town small town not sure what the population is but it ain't big tell you that it's not like a one street light town we're bigger than that but it's a small town i literally grew up on a dirt road my cousin lived next to me cousin uncles across the street my cousin uncles across the street my aunt down the street my cousin uncles and aunts down the street from them my cousin uncles aunts network of family literally the village that took to raise the children so if i acted up and my aunt saw it then she had the license to whoop my ass because she was my aunt and this was the community and albeit a community of family members the law was the police were the elders the aunts, the uncles of all of us. So as we cousins get out there and get into ruckus, and we did, I mean, we just played outside. I don't know if people still do that. Clearly they don't. I have a son. He likes outside, I think. <laughs> he also likes very much video games and inside. But he likes outside. I hope more kids do that nowadays, but, it, you know, it's, it's a dying breed. But we played outside. Imagine that. Um, we got dirty. We got stinky. We were told that we smelled like outdoors. Close the door, you're letting all the air out. Close the door, you're letting all the heat out. Heat out. Street lights on, get inside. Those are things I was used to hearing in my little sector of people. And I think we had one family on the street that wasn't like actual family to us. Uh, and we never really saw them that much. We did, and we understood who they were, and we talked to them. But they, you know, the network was of what we talked about. So that's how we were raised outside village raising children morals deeply entrenched and then we go to my grandmother who lived literally in a on a on a on a on a, on a even more dirt road if you can imagine that there's a dirt road and then there's an even more dirt road that's the one my grandmother lived on and there was an old church at the end of that road and this was in money mississippi if you don't wear money money mississippi is, is the, the biggest oxymoron ever because there is no money in money mississippi if there is it's possessed by someone other than my family but we used to go to this church that were on cinder blocks. I'm not joking with you. There were cinder blocks holding up the stairs and wooden floors where you can actually see through to the ground. And on that, uh, on Ray, I don't know if you guys seen Ray, but you've seen it. When Ray's brother dies and the mom goes into the church and gonna lay down my That's what the church looks like. And that's how people sing. And this is in Money, Mississippi. And down the street from that church was my grandmother's house where she had an out, outhouse. Where that's where we use the bathroom. Where she chopped snakes' heads off with hose. Where there were three people on a bicycle that I was on the handlebars on. And I still have a scar to this day. Uh, where there was a train track right across the street from the house. 
where there was always cornbread on the stove, no matter when I got there. Morning, noon, or night, always cornbread on the stove. And mind you, Money, Mississippi, where Emmett Till was beaten and killed for whistling at a white woman because he was visiting relatives. But that's where my grandmother was from. So the matriarch, the heritage of my family stems from there. Uh, and, and, and I I hate the fact that that's as far as I could go because we don't talk to our elders enough to understand where our real history is from. We don't talk to our elders enough to understand that. Hey, where did we come from? Where did your grandmother do? Where did she come from? What was her name? We don't talk to our elders enough. We, all, we almost disrespect them to the point to where we just want them to go away. And I, I'm not about that life. So as you get older, you start to tap back into your history and where you come from and start to realize why you are the person that you are why you do the things that you do and you realize like god dang man my mom does the same thing my dad does the same thing ah crap this is how my grandmother chews her food and you realize where all this stuff comes on comes from and it makes you a more whole person so that's where i grew up until i was about 12 years old my parents got divorced my mom moved to what i thought was a big city capital of said mississippi and life was different i'll never forget she told me in the car hey me and your father are getting divorced and i didn't know how to take it i was 12 i was like oh so what does that mean just like well we live here now but you're gonna see him every weekend or every other weekend or whatever it was and i didn't know then but my goodness is that not a trajectory of so many people that I know now or a lifestyle that so many people that I know now that could tell that story of, of the nuclear home being broken up through whatever it may be. The stress of not having enough money, the stress of not spending enough time with kids, the stress of just trying to make ends meet and that stuff coming out in your household and ultimately breaking your household. Um, man, what a story that is, is so prevalent in our culture that we don't even know how to break the curse because I'm a product of the same thing. My family went through the same thing. Me as a, 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 meaning personally, I'm divorced, remarried, love my wife to death, beautiful family right now. But I look back on how I followed the same path that my father followed. Now his parents, his, his grandparents, or my grandparents, his parents, my father's parents, stayed together. Long time. I remember a 50th anniversary. And to think about it now, it's like, wow, 50 years. Wow. What a treasure. What a treasure. The stories they could tell. But nobody asks. We don't ask anymore. So anyway, growing up in this small town, Money, Mississippi, finding out, you know, where my, 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 my grandmother did her do and the other small town, cotton capital of the world. <laughs> Yeah, baby, get that cotton. You want cotton? This is where you go get it. Because this is the capital of it. This is what we do. So you want that cotton? I got it for you. Anyway, growing up there, parents divorced, moving to the capital of Mississippi. Yeah, what's up now? I'm in the big city. I never forget it. First day of school. My, my, my middle school is right across the street from my apartment complex. So I would walk to middle school. 
I thought it was cool because I used to always see the white kids on the TV walking to school. And I was like, where do they do this? What, what does happen at when you walk to school? Like, for real. You can just walk down your neighborhood and then you end up at school by yourself? Ride your bike to school? That's not real. And then it was right across the street. So I was like, oh, cool. Hey, I can walk to school every day. What's up? So I walked to school. I remember having a Chicago Bulls t-shirt on. And I think I had a Boston Red Sox hat. Don't judge me. I don't even like Boston. Colors just made sense at the time. But as soon as I got on the campus, people looking at me crazy. Oh, are they looking at me because I'm a new kid or because I'm super fly? One of the two. I got this knitted Chicago Bulls, this fitted hat. What? What? Somebody comes to me and checks me. Hey, can't wear hats here. What do you mean I can't wear a hat? What if my head cold? You know what I'm saying? What if I didn't get a fresh cut? What do you mean I can't wear a hat? What if that's that's what if that's what I'm feeling? What if that's my vibe for the day? What do you mean I can't wear a hat? Who are you? you can't tell me I can't wear a hat? What's up? No, you can't wear a hat, bro. Man, whatever. Next person. This dude got a hat on. And he got black and red shirt? Don't talk to this dude. I'm like, what is what's the deal, bro? Why are they talking to me this way? Anyway, long story short, this is when I was introduced into gang life. <laughs> And I learned the hard way. And I mean the hard way being, you know, I was checked. That be careful the colors you wear. And be careful how you wear your hat. Because if it's kicked one way or the other, then that means you are affiliated with something. I ain't had no affiliations. I'm from the cotton capital of the world. I'm affiliated with cotton. What's up? But nah, man. According to what I was on, what, what I had on, I was affiliated. And that's how they treated me. So I get in class, I take my hat off promptly. I don't want nobody checking me. I don't want the 13-year-old with tattoos on his face to tell me something. <laughs> no thank you, bruh. I'm about that cotton life. I don't I don't bang. Yeah, this hat don't exist no more. Look, it's gone. I left it under a desk. I remember very promptly. Came home, mom, where's your hat? Uh <laughs> Mom, you can't wear hats at that school. Why you didn't tell me? Anyway, I got introduced to it in a little bit other ways. You know, this is similar to people. You know, we get judged for choosing gang life or selling drugs when we're in impoverished communities where we realize that you can't do it any other way because there is nobody trying to hire me because of the way I look or because of the way I talk. Ain't nobody trying to hire me because I haven't been educated enough to understand how to approach an interview or how to manage money. Ain't nobody trying to do that. And then some guy walks up to you and is like, yo, dude, you want to make $600? What do you mean? Yeah, yeah, just take this bag. Go drop it off over here. What do you mean? I can make $600 by doing that? You got to do it a couple of times this week, but yeah, for sure. Cool, I'll do it. What's in the bag? Don't ask questions. Fine. I don't want to know anyway. Anyway, we get judged for doing that. And then if you get knocked, then what's up? Then guess what? But this is the this is the this is the plight of what we go through. So my mom had to work two jobs because she's not married anymore. We're getting child support, but it's a minimal amount because the state of Mississippi doesn't really do it like that. And this is probably one of the only states that doesn't do it like that. At least back then, that was a long time ago. But whew, man, whole nother topic we're gonna talk about and how the male figure is completely crippled by how child support is constructed in the South. And I don't know if it's like that up north. I have no idea. But I'm gonna do the research and we're gonna talk about this at one point. And talk about how hustling just so you can pay child support and take care of your family is nearly impossible in some cases. 
And sometimes when a dad's just trying to be a good dad, it's not enough. And the mom who's being vindictive can really mess your shit up. Another story another day. But anyway, got introduced into gang life. Did some crazy stuff. Uh, I don't really like to talk about it. But I didn't know any better. My mom was working two jobs. I was trying to take, help take care of my sister. I didn't know any better. We were at the house. Latchkey kids. If you don't know about latchkey kids, I'm sure you do. I ain't got to talk about it. But we were latchkey kids. I got home from school. I opened the door myself. There was nobody there. I was there to wait on my sister to get off the bus. Make sure she checks in. Mom stayed up late at night making extra meals to put in the refrigerator. So when we got home, then we could heat something up so we'd have something to eat before she got home. And then the local the local homie comes down. What's up? Befriends me. Like I said, I'm new to this town. What's up? Anyway, like I said, long story short, a lot of things happened that I'm not totally proud of. But it taught me something. It taught me that people who don't see another way rarely choose another way. If someone provides an avenue for you, then in a lot of cases, people tend to take that avenue. And unless giving multiple avenues, then you don't have any options. So you do what's there. But what it instilled in me, or at least what it taught me, was to see two different sides of it. I saw the local homie really not going to school. But for some reason, this dude had money. He had power, clout. Wasn't really scared of anybody but his mom. And not really scared of her. He was really disrespectful to her. Saw this guy. And then I saw my mom working doubles. Just trying to make ends meet. Just to provide for her family. And there's just two sides to it to where it's like, man, these people are really, I mean, doing what we got to do. I guess this is what life's about. So let me go to school. Let me go to college. Let me go to go to let me get a job. I need to make sure that I go to school, go to college, get a job, provide for my family. So, boom, that's what the hell I did. Went to school, went to college. Got a job. Got a family. You feel very secure in that in a lot of cases, but in a lot of cases you don't. A lot of cases it's just not enough. So you do what my fathers and my uncles did. You, you develop a side hustle. And when it's in you, it's in you. You find something to do. You innovate. You create. You make a way when there's no way. And yet it's still very, very hard. And you always question, is it supposed to be this hard? And you look across the aisle, as they like to say, and you see people who seemingly aren't having to work as hard, who seemingly have everything that they want and need, who seemingly aren't facing the same adversity as we are. It's like, why are we poor and they're not? And this is when the idea of poverty really gets in your head, when you really understand that, oh, we actually don't have all I thought we had when we were younger this was all surface this is smoke and mirrors our nice cars had nothing to do with how shot our credit is our nice house isn't 
Oh, it's not as nice as I thought it was. Oh, that's an actual nice house. Oh. And you wonder where all that comes from. You wonder where we get these images of one thing being better than the other. But that stuff gets ingrained in you, man. You look at people and you see them out here driving really nice cars. And you see them with the really nice houses. And you're just like, man, these guys are doing it. What do you do for a living? Oh, I'm in real estate. Oh, cool, man. Maybe I should get into real estate. And I'll make it too. I'm out here being a restaurant manager. I need to be in real estate. These are the guys that's getting it. But it's still hard, man. It's hard. It's hard to keep the faith. It's hard to hope. Like we're talking. It's really hard to do. So where does that come from? Where are you going to be fueled through all this stuff? You got to have mentors. You got to have people who inspire you. You got to look up to something. You got to look at other situations along with having faith. And I mean faith in God and understanding that faith without works is dead. Let's be clear on that. Let's be clear on faith without works is dead. Your faith and your ability to believe that God has done things for you, done things in your benefit so that you're set up, comes with the prerequisite that you have to also be in servitude and give and 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 steward in order to fully be a benefactor of all these things that are already been set up for you. This is like a trust fund. God has established your trust fund. In order for you to tap into this trust fund, there's a couple of things you need to do. A, B, C, D. You got to do these things. Once you've done those things, then you have access to your trust fund. A, B, C, D are really hard sometimes in this regular life. But you got to do the work. You got to do the work in order to have access to that trust fund. And the ultimate access to the trust fund. Then we set, right? Then we good. Once we got the, once we got the trust fund, we good. We can stop working. No, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. You're always working. You're always working. Like I said, I, I tell my dad every day, Dad, why don't you, why don't you go ahead and retire, bro? You're 64, 65. Why don't, you, why don't you retire? Why not? Why not? And he says, well, yeah, I'm thinking about it. Just, you know, do it. Collect my social security. Be done. Is that it? Is that all it takes for you to retire? But he don't want to do that, man, because he knows that's not going to be enough. The thing you pay into every single check that is supposed to support you when you are done isn't enough to live it's not a living wage <laughs> think about that so what do you have to do to supplement that and if you don't plan early then you're out of the game you got to keep working like my father you have to keep working because what we do is propose a life to people hey this is how you know you made it you got to have nice things that's how you know you made it Guess what? Nice things cost money. They don't stop costing money either. And if you're a tribute, if you're accustomed to liking nice things and when nicer things come out, you're going to want that, too. And a lot of times you don't even have the power to say no. So you'll get the nicer thing. And guess what? The nicer thing also costs money. 
So you have to continue to work to pay for those things because Social Security ain't enough. And this is not me talking about my father. This is me making an example of how this is designed for you to stay enslaved by the system, by working all the time, never stopping. So I have another submission. I have another submission. Yes, I know. Another submission. If you got to work, then do it on your own accord. Do it in the way you want to do it. Everybody's not cut out to be entrepreneur. Everybody's not cut out to be in business for themselves. But I truly believe that everyone has a unique talent. And tapping into and finding that unique talent is not always easy. But if you're willing to do it, if you're willing to do the research and listen to other people's perception of you, people that are trusted, that you trust, if you're willing to listen, then you might just find that hidden talent. You might just find that thing that you possess that no one else does. Because only you can be you. As people say all the time, stop trying to be somebody else. Be you. Only you can be you. They already got themselves covered. Don't try to beat them. So you find that, you tap into it, and quite frankly, you figure out how to monetize it. Because that's how that that's really how things run. And if you can figure out how to monetize it, and you can figure out how to gain that tool from something that you're already good at, and you know how to do this, really just a matter of your 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 normal personality and being. Then you know you're working for real. And then you can start up setting up the life where you can live truly, fully. So hopefully in this whole process, we'll tap into how to find that potential in yourself, how to find that true talent in yourself. How that true talent in yourself and that belief in yourself is ultimately what fuels your hope along with the faith in God. That what fuels your hope. So when other people are hopeless and you can always see it and it's like, you know what? It's going to get better. Things are going to change. But it doesn't change without your work. That faith and that hope does not happen without your work. You have to commit to that work. And the benefactors of said trust fund, said work your family and you teach them how to do the exact same damn thing having a good life isn't enough you need to make sure that your kids and their kids and the rest of them have a good life as well that's my testament having a good life isn't enough I was reading this book called reach I'm reading this book called reach 40 black men tell the story of success and I remember the full story. I'll get you the author and all that stuff. We'll put it in the, in the comments or something, but there's a young guy who uh, started this organization called fresh Philly, but he quoted native American proverb that says we do not inherit land from our ancestors. We borrow it from our grandchildren. We do not inherit land from our ancestors. We borrow it from our grandchildren. And what that means is our job is 
not here so that we can have all the fancy things and once we die off then we can say hey man i lived a pretty cool ass life i drove porsches uh, I, I traveled that was a cool ass life a full life is when your grandchildren can do the same live better understand that you've made an impact on this world in a way that you were supposed to in servitude so um remember that quote just take it with you use it on somebody when they're trying to check you um but that's the goal let's find out those hidden talents let's keep the hope alive as my man al sharpie keep hope alive let's let's keep the hope alive let's understand that first faith without works is dead let's understand that hustle is out of necessity and sometimes it's inherent because it's out of necessity and let's highlight some of the people that made decisions in their lives that may not have always been good but they did what they had to do to, to feed their family they did what they had to do to survive in this world and that's it sorry to start off with all the heaviness of these imbeciles that charge the capital but I'm glad we can move to some positivity. I'm glad you can understand where I come from. So as we move forward into this programming, you can understand my point of view because I believe, truly believe that you have to know where someone comes from and how they were brought up to understand why they have certain outlooks or certain positions on issues. So that's me, Southern boy, moved to Texas where it's snowing. I'm confused, but that's where I am. And I look forward to digging into some other issues with you guys. And if there's some hot topics that need to be talked about, then we're going to talk about it. But we're going to have some guests on. And like I said, maybe friends, maybe family, maybe, you know, we we threw out Tyler Perry out there in the beginning. You know, it's a dream. Maybe we can have them on. Give them, give them drop some drop some game on you guys. Some true game. You know, if you're listening, Tyler, hey. Give me a shout. Love to have you on Punching Out of Bags. I'm sure you have some hustle uh, uh, techniques. I'm definitely you have some hope techniques for people to follow. Or at least listen to and be inspired. But anyway, guys, I appreciate you listening to me ramble. But that's my story. Uh, let's have fun with this. Let's let's uh, talk about some real, real, real shit, man. To be honest, let's talk about real things, real stuff. And let's let's keep it 100 every time we do it. So signing off. We'll check you guys later. I will see you in a week. Hopefully nobody else storms anything that's a a value to this nation. Hopefully uh, we we do what we need to do to, to find our place. And, you know. Just keep striving, man. Just keep striving. All right. It's your boy, Chef Greg, signing off. We'll see you guys next week. Holla.